0: So excited to be able to continue to share with you this morning from Matthew chapter 5 as we continue to talk about the Beatitudes and as we've been talking about blessed living the upside down life. I want to be blessed. All of us want to be blessed, right? It's a natural desire that we would all be blessed mightily by God. And we started out by talking about the first Beatitude that blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this kind of gave us a foundation, really, of how we would develop uh, through this. As we're learning that we, we go through these beatitudes, that they're stepping stones. They are like stairs. One builds off of another. And they are all a pro- part of the process of formation in our lives. And we talked about those who are mourning, that they shall be comforted. And we talked about that those who are merciful, that they shall receive mercy, that the ones who pick up the balm instead of the salt and pour the healing oil of Jesus into others' lives, they shall receive mercy. And this morning we're going to continue reading this uh, from Matthew chapter 5. The Bible says that Jesus, he went up on the mountain and he sat down and his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and he taught them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And as we're going to talk about today, blessed are those are that are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We, we've talked about that we are this life that Jesus is beginning to instruct them and teach them about is a blessed life because it's upside down from the way the world thinks. When Jesus went on the scene and he began to begin to teach all of these things, they were principles about the kingdom of heaven and not the earth that were upside down to what the way the world thought. And when Jesus went in and he began to do this, it was a proclamation as we've been talking that the kingdom of God has arrived And it's on the scene. And so we're going to continue looking at this, dissecting what does it mean to be pure in heart, that they shall see God. That sounds exciting, right? We're going to see God, those who are pure in heart. We're going to see the Lord Almighty. But, you know, Jesus, when he was talking about this, you have to think about in the ministry of Jesus Uh, where was the conflict at? That helps us. The conflict kind of reveals what Jesus was actually addressing. And his biggest uh, conflict was with the Pharisees and with the leaders of the law, was that they offered a way of life that had actually began to skew the law of God into this opposite way of thinking that was contrary to the kingdom of God. And so now when Jesus stands up on the scene, and he begins to proclaim, blessed are the pure in heart. Oh, this was different. And I think the people probably knew a little bit about who he was addressing because what they had seen of the Pharisees and what they had seen of the leaders of the law were people who were really good on the outside. They had it all together. They had the, the, the outfit. They had the things on their head. They had it all put together. But inside of their heart, There was something that was off. And so when Jesus came and he said, blessed are the pure in heart, really what he was doing was turning upside down or really, if you will, inside out a way of thinking that the Pharisees had adapted and had modeled for all of the people. And so now Jesus was beginning to show him a different way that what matters is the matter of the heart. It doesn't matter how good it looks on the outside. The thing that Jesus really cares about is the heart. Proverbs said it this way, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Jeremiah said it this way, that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? We get the picture and the idea that inside of the heart, it's difficult. It's a challenging thing. But inside of the heart is also where we make big decisions about whom we're going to serve and whom we're going to follow. Because Jesus or Paul would tell the Romans in Romans 10, 9, for if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So we know that the heart is deceitful. The heart is a mess. But yet it is also where we make our decision about whom we're going to serve. So I want to address a few things here. The first thing is Jesus came to, to, came to turn upside down surface religion. He came to turn upside down surface religion. And as we've talked, this is what the Pharisees were really good at. They were really good at looking the part, acting the part. They had it down. They could be, uh, be Oscar winning actors in Hollywood. They had it down. They were the best of the best. They appeared religious. They were the epitome of religious, if you will. But religiousness didn't mean anything about their heart. It was all a show. They were hollow. It was shallow. There was a surface that it never actually reached the heart. It never penetrated the heart. And what happened was, is that they had to use so much energy, as one commentator said... Acting out a part that they had no strength left to live. And there is no substitute, absolutely in this life, there is no substitute for pure in heart. Surface religion focuses on two things. Surface religion focuses on number one, appearances. Appearances is when we, we settle for the way things look, we settle for the way things are perceived. It's not a matter about how do I perceive myself. It now becomes a matter about how do others perceive me. It's this kind of idea that says it's the appearance of holiness, but inside there is not. It's the question that comes in our mind that thinks if everything looks good on the outside, then no one will question the real problems I have in my life. It's surface. It doesn't go any deeper than that. It's just what appears on the outside. There is a lack of substance on the inside. And this is what the Pharisees had, was they had the surface down. They looked really good. The appearances were great. But the Lord was trying to show them that the ones who are going to see God are the ones who are pure in heart, not pure by appearances. So appearances is one matter of surface religion. The other part of surface religion is duties. It's people who settle for surface religion that are concerned with doing all the right things instead of being all the right things. It's a matter of if I will just do this, this, and this, then it will be right. Instead of focusing on the matter of the heart of being right in the eyes of the Lord. It looks good. It, it, we, we get the idea that if I'm doing all the things right, then somehow I'm right but in the eyes of the Lord, the thing that really matters is pure in heart, the motives. Somehow the people who get focused on duties that they've been led to believe somehow, some way along, along the way, they've been led to believe that some outward actions actually lead to some kind of blessing on their life or that they have to do all of these certain things to appease God through, by their doing them. But that's called salvation by works, and that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we're saved by grace and grace alone. It doesn't matter how many good things you do in your life. That doesn't guarantee that you're going to have reconciliation with the Lord. The thing that matters is, is the heart. And the Pharisees, they had these surface religion down. They were good with appearances and they were good with doing all the right things. As a matter of fact, if you take some time and you read the Sermon on the Mount, you'll discover that what Jesus really was trying to do was overthrow surface religion. He would go on and address the Pharisees head on. He would talk. He would call them out and say, These guys, they stand on the corners and they pray these long prayers, but that prayer doesn't mean anything. They go on and they fast. They put all these things on them to make themselves look like they've done something great but they haven't done anything. And really what Jesus was trying to do was to show them that what surfaces on the outside is not what matters, it's what's in the heart. But fortunately what happens is that sometimes in a 21st century America, we've become consumed with the way things appear about our lives. We have created a culture of perception. What do I mean by that? I mean that in the sense that we we are we live in a digital world that we're able to control what people see about our lives. Right, we, we post what we want on Facebook. We post what we want people to see on Instagram. It's a matter of controlling perception about ourselves. And unfortunately, one of the side effects of that is is that it sometimes affects our faith. That we try, in a sense, to control what people see, that it affects their perception of us. But inside, we lose the focus of our heart. This is a dangerous path to go on because what will happen eventually is what Jesus eventually would call out in the Pharisees. And the appearances and duties both, they lead to this thing called hypocrisy. And you see, hypocrisy is when the outside doesn't align with what's going on in the inside. It's when everything is appearing one way, but on the other side, it's not the same. And Jesus would go on to call out the Pharisees even more so in a later sermon of his. And he would tell them, he says, you focus on the outside of the cup. You make the outside of the cup look real good. It reminds me of going to a restaurant and they bring you a cup that, you know, maybe it's a self-serve thing and you go to fill it up. And, but then you look on the inside and you realize that thing is dirty. It looks good on the outside, but how many people are going to use that dirty mug? No, you're going to take it back and get another one. And this was the, uh, the flaw of the Pharisees, what they focused on the outside. He, he called them, he said they were full of greed and self-indulgence. He would go on to say later on that they were like whitewashed tombs. Basically a tomb that it looked really good on the outside. It was polished, it was beautiful, but inside was full of dead men's bones. And he said to them, he said, you also on the outside, you look righteous to others, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. You see, there is nothing worse today for the testimony of the gospel. There is nothing worse in the church than the stench of hypocrisy. Oh, man, what a, how does that testify about our Lord? How does that testify about our Jesus? Jesus. When we represent one way on the outside, but on the inside, it's a totally different story. You see, the thing about a hypocrite is is that they also share this sense of obsession about perception. They're so obsessed with the way things are on the surface of their lives that they tend to be obsessed with how things look on the surface of other people's lives. And so what happens is, is they, get, uh, they get caught up with pursuing other people's flaws and other people's failures instead of looking at their own heart. And Jesus warned about the, this way. He said, be careful trying to point out the splinter in somebody else's eye when you might have a log coming out of yours. You see, this is a, a thing in our lives that where we get caught up with looking at everybody else that we stop we forget to examine our own lives. We've got to be careful about pointing out other people's flaws and failures. We've got to be careful of being critical about Christians who fall down and stumble. Oh, Lord, 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 give us mercy that that would never be us, right? Our eyes should be full of God. I am here by God's grace and God's grace alone. It is only because of God's grace that I'm standing and being kept today. Never should we look down on anybody because of a sin or something in their life, but we should always look in the sense of, oh, it's only by God's grace. It's only by God's grace. You see, we're zealous to see change in our world. All of us are. We want to see our world, we don't want to see moral decay. We don't want to see our world full of evil. We don't want that. We're desperate for change in the world. We desire to see that. But listen, if you really want to see change in the world if you really want to see our world transformed with Christ, I can tell you that it first starts by getting our own lives in alignment with the Father, by becoming pure in heart with God. Because then what happens is, is then we begin to model a life that looks like Jesus. And if the world is ever going to be changed, it's not going to be by seeing Charlie on the street. It's going to be by seeing Jesus on the street. So God let it be that our hearts would be transformed and then inflict change as Jesus is seen in our world. The, the covenant began to change after a while that Jesus would address that with them. As he began to talk to them about this, uh, this shift to the heart, is that he would begin to tell them that I'm going to write my laws on their hearts. There's no question. I'm going to make it sure that it's in their hearts and I'm going to write it on their minds. And he was beginning to tell them about how the gospel is going to be experienced. That the life-giving power of the gospel. It is not experience from the outside. It's experience from the inside out. That's how it happens. Many times we worry about the way people look and how they come into the, all of these things, all of these qualifiers to get to the faith. But really, if we look at the essence of what Jesus preached about the gospel, it all starts with the heart. And then, when transformation happens on the inside, then it happens to transform a lot of other things the life-giving power of the gospel it starts from the outside it starts from the inside out so let's go on to this next part jesus began to tell them that the blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god isn't that exciting to see god but one wonders how do we see god how do we see god how do we look up and see god how do we put our eyes upon the lord John chapter 1 said it this way, that no one has ever seen God. That's interesting. Exodus 33, when God was about to pass before Moses as he wanted to see his glory, the Bible says that the Lord responded to Moses, You cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. One commentator said it this way, that just as the human eye is blinded and possibly destroyed by gazing at the full light of the sun, so the spiritual eye cannot behold God in his fullness. Think about it. When we all get to heaven, there is not going to be a sun. There's not going to be a moon. Who's going to be the light of heaven? God himself. So it makes sense that this is what the Bible is teaching us, but yet the Bible is giving us a, a sense that we shall see God. How does that supposed to be? One said it this way, that when people's hearts are pure, then their eyes are open to the fullness of who God is and his righteousness wherever he may appear. This is a comfort that Jesus wasn't necessarily promising that as you read the Beatitudes, the comforts that he implies, that he says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Yes, there may be an implying of a future heaven that would bring all of those comforts, but there is also a comfort for here and now, not necessarily later in in a later life. That even now, blessed are the pure in heart For they shall see God. What does this mean? We're gonna begin to unpack that a little bit. The Bible shows us over and over again throughout the lives of many people, throughout the Bible, over and over again, that when we see God, when we behold the fullness of God, when we look at God, we are changed not just changed, we are transformed. We are made a different person. I remember the day that I met Jesus in my life. My life was transformed. He made me a different person. I didn't want the same things I used to want. I didn't wanna do the same things I used to wanna do. My life was transformed. And we see this same principle throughout many in the Bible. The Bible talks about Abraham, that he stood and he talked with the Lord and he began to call himself Nothing but dust and ashes. The Bible says that Job saw God. He says, I've heard the Lord with my ear, but now I've seen him with my eyes. And so therefore, he says, I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Peter fell down at Jesus's feet and he said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Paul saw himself as less than the least of all of God's people and the worst of sinners. You see, the vision of God, it humbles a person. It brings us a little bit lower. Daniel said it this way, that I was left alone and I was gazing at this great vision. And I had no strength left and my face turned deathly pale. John said it this way, that I saw the Lord and I fell on my face as dead. Isaiah said it this way, when he looked up and he saw the throne of God. Woe to me, for I am ruined. You see, when we gain a fresh vision of God, when we behold who God is, we also grasp a fresh understanding of who we are, that we are sinners, that we come from nothing, but it is by God's grace that we have been saved. We begin to get this perception of really who God has made us to be, that apart from the Lord, we are nothing. And as Peter preached in his sermon, in him we have our being, in him we move and have our being. It's the whole thing that our lives are in the hands of God Almighty. You see, the pure in heart, it's a result. It's a result of this process of being tested, of this process of going through trying and seasons. Yes, we're regenerated in our hearts by Christ, but there's a greater process that happens, that goes on. The Bible begins, as we talked about, they're poor in spirit. You've got to get humble first. There's a process. There's mourning that happens. There's meekness that happens. There's a desperation and a hunger and a thirst that comes. And as Job said, that when he was tried that by fire, his heart would come forth as pure gold. Peter said it this way that when, his was, when, when the work was put to the test, the wood, the straw, the stubble, they didn't stand a chance. But the precious metals, they came out pure. You see, the pure in heart are the result of a test, it's a trial, it's a process. It's not easy. It's a process what the Bible also calls sanctification, that we are growing into who God wants us to be. We are being matured in our faith. Our lives are being transformed and regenerated constantly into the image of Christ as we behold him. And as we behold him, we get a revelation of who we are, that we are nothing but dust and ashes. Oh man, have you ever been that way before? You got before the Lord and you realize, Lord, my life, oh man, who am I? That proud person, oh, they don't stand a chance when they see the Lord. That proud person, when they're in the presence of God and as soon as they see the Lord, no, they come off that high horse real quick. If we're going to behold the Lord, if we're going to see God, we have to be willing to be transformed. We have to be willing to be changed, to, made, to be different. It's not about the way things look on the outside. It's about what's going on in the heart. Musicians are gonna come, and I just want to leave you with a few things here. As we talked about this, you will be blessed because you are pure in heart. And why will you be blessed? Why will we be blessed for being pure in heart? Jesus taught it this way. I want you to catch this today. He said that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But he also went to go on to teach right after that, that he says that the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. You see, the heart, guides the eyes and the eyes fill the heart when our sights are fixated upon jesus there is no room for darkness to enter in There is no room for evil to enter in. As the Bible says that the eye, it's the lamp of the body. It's the window to the soul, some translations say. So if our eye is beholding Jesus, then the only thing that's going to come into our heart is goodness and mercy and purity and righteousness. When we're beholding Jesus and truly fixated him and not upon other things and not getting our focus and our priorities out of whack, when Jesus is our treasure, listen, you can only explain Expect for goodness to fill your life. You can only expect for God's righteousness to fill your life. That doesn't mean that life is necessarily going to be easy, but that means on the inside of the heart, oh, we're going to stand pure and holy before the Lord. You see, the pure in heart will see God because in order to be pure in heart, Jesus must be your treasure. And the pure in heart shall see God because their desire is purely that, Jesus above all else and that shall be their reward the ultimate reward for any person who's pure in heart is to see God And they've been characterized by this deep hunger and longing for Jesus and to see him above all else it's the prayer that the psalmist prayed Psalm 63 that David would pray oh God you are my God earnestly I seek you my soul oh it thirsts for you My body longs for you. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The question to all of us today is, where's our treasure? What's our love in life? What's what's the thing that we live for? What's the thing that we try to keep up appearances for? What's the thing that we do a lot of? Listen, you ask yourself those own questions. It'll tell you a lot about where your heart is at. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Bible tells the parable of a one man who found treasure in a field. And he went and he sold everything he had to come back for that treasure. Because that's where his heart was at. So therefore he went and he gave up everything else to behold that treasure he found in the field. And this is the same way with Jesus in our lives, that when Jesus is our treasure above all else, we will pursue Him at any cost. We will go after Him for whatever it takes. We will be willing to go through the process of being poor in spirit, mourning, meek, hungry, and thirsty, because whatever it takes, I want to see God. The ultimate reward for any of us is not in this life. The ultimate reward for all of us is that one day we'll stand before the Lord and greet Him face to face. That's our great joy. yet that one day we'll see him coming through the clouds of glory and behold our Jesus coming to rescue all of us that's the joy of this life the joy is that we would behold Jesus look I tell you be honest with you I'm not in it for streets of gold I'm not even in it for a mansion all that will be great but when I get a hold of Jesus that's the only thing that's really gonna matter when I'm standing with Jesus Listen, there is nothing that a a goal could do. There is nothing that a mansion could do. But Jesus, oh, he's changed my life. Shouldn't that be what we want, right? Shouldn't that be whom we pursue and whom we are after? Listen, I'm not after just trying to live a better life. I'm not after trying to do what this or that. I am after Jesus. And I hope today that many of us would get a hold of this power of the gospel that blessed Look, you're going to be blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. That person who's pure in heart, all they want is Jesus. You can have this world. You can have everything else. I just want Jesus. I just want Jesus. Listen, we see our world going to shambles. It breaks our heart. It is terrible. It's a tragedy. But at the end of the day, at the end of the night, we go to bed. Lord, you can have this world. All I want is you. You're my joy. You're my strength. You're my peace. You're my comfort. You're my hope. And my greatest joy is that somebody else would just grab a hold of that. Somewhere along the way, oh, I just want Jesus. I just want him. Will you stand with me this morning? I want to invite you today. I tell you about all this. I want you to discover the hope. Maybe you've never discovered the hope that you have in Jesus today. You've never been transformed by His love. Oh, how He desires to transform your life. How He desires to make us different. It starts from the inside out. It starts by God working on our hearts. It's not going to happen necessarily overnight. It might. I don't know. But the transformation happens with Jesus. It starts with Jesus. If you'll come to Him, you'll call out to Him. You'll pursue Him above all else. I can tell you, we'll all be a great work in progress. And we're going to have the ultimate reward. Yeah, we're going to see God here. We're going to behold the vision of God in our lives right now. But one day we're going to have even a greater reward. And I want to invite you today Would you close your eyes with me. We need to make things right with the Lord today. Maybe you've been in church for some time, maybe your priorities are off. I don't know, it happens to us all and I can't look down on you and I'm not gonna look down on you because of that. It happens to us all. Sometimes we just, life, life is a tricky thing. It pulls us in many different directions. But there's nothing like being pure in heart because you're gonna behold God. Today you need to make your life right with him you just turn your eyes to him this morning and call to him. Maybe you need to kneel where you're at. Maybe you need to lift your hands. That's all right. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Lord, today, I want to pray for my friends today. We want to make things right with you, Lord. Jesus, we just want you. Lord, we sing it, Lord. it's true, it's just you, Lord, it's you. It's you, Jesus. Lord, we may not go to bed at night with everything perfect in our life. We may not go to bed with the storm being quiet. But if I could just go to bed knowing I have you, oh Lord, that's enough for me. That's enough for me. Lord, today I pray that others discover that hope in you, Jesus. Lord, that you would become their all-in-all, all, their treasure, Lord. They would know you are there for them, Lord, that you love them with an everlasting love. And Father, today we all come before you, Lord, as the Holy Spirit has a work in our hearts making us new, transforming us, regenerating us. We pray today, God, forgive us of our sins, Lord. All of us here today, Lord, none of us are exempt, Lord. We are human. We are fallen by nature, Lord. But we pray today that the Holy Spirit would come and work on our hearts today. Make us pure and holy before you, Jesus. We ask for forgiveness today. We repent, Lord, and we turn away from those wicked ways, Lord. It's in the past, Lord. We're not going to behold it anymore. And God, I thank you today that what you've forgiven us of yesterday, that it is forgiven. That there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So Lord, would you become our pursuit? would you become our greatest love today, Lord? I pray we would just fall greatly in love with you this week, Lord. I pray, God, we would just have times, Lord, where we melt in your presence and we just sing your name, Jesus. All we want is Jesus, Lord. All we want, Father, as a church is for people to meet Jesus, to know Jesus. Lord, forget about the name on the door. Forget about our names, Lord. If they'll just leave here knowing you, Father, then that's enough. Jesus, Jesus, we need you today, Lord. And we pray, God, transform us, Lord, today. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see, God. Oh, Lord, I thank you for that promise today. I thank you for that joy today, Lord. We're going to behold you face to face, Lord. We're going to behold you today you need to pray today feel free to pray at your seat kneel lift a hand the choir is going to sing but pray this morning call to the Lord be in relationship with him as we sing today